Well, good morning. Welcome to Prescott Valley Bible Church. We're glad you're joining us today. Open your Bibles to Hebrews chapter 12. Hebrews chapter 12. We are in part two of this series uh, titled Growing Closer to God. And last week we began this series by looking at the first 11 verses of, of uh, John chapter 15. And uh, we looked at that and and we said out of those first 11 verses, we found three uh, themes, three themes that will help each of us to grow closer to him. This year, that is our, that is our mission, that is our goal as a body of believers, that we would grow closer to him on a daily basis and that we would come to him uh, more often. We said the three themes last week, three themes were abiding, pruning, pruning, and fruit, growing fruit. Now, the one thing that we mentioned last week was that uh, the abiding part is the one that you and I have control over, following and listening and studying. Uh, the, the, the pruning part is God's part, and then the, the, the fruit is also God's part. So we only have to deal with one out of three of those things. But it, it happens over a period of time. So before we jump into our lesson today, let's pray. Well, dear Heavenly Father, as we come to you this morning, we pray, Lord, that you would speak to our hearts individually, that you would help us, Lord, to hear your voice, to know your words that you would not only show us what you say in your word, but show us what it means to our lives today. Because, Lord, we want to follow you in everything that we do. So, Lord, guide us, challenge us, help us to grow in your likeness every day. In Jesus' name, amen. Today we're talking about God's pruning. God's pruning. And I want to start off by just making a statement that people make sometimes. And you can, you can uh, tell me if this ever has been said by you or if you've ever heard it before. Sometimes love hurts. Have you ever heard that? Sometimes love hurts. I mean, sometimes we find ourselves in this place where you're a parent and you have to discipline your children, and you have to teach, teach him or teach her responsibility, and love hurts, because nobody likes to do that, even though sometimes as kids we think, well, parents just kind of love that, love that discipline stuff, but that's not true. Love hurts when a spouse is no longer going to put up with emotional abuse or relational abandonment. You see, they choose to separate sometimes in order to, to bring light the sin that is happening. And uh, sometimes that's, uh, that's enough that it takes to bring them back together again. But love hurts sometimes. Sometimes we find love hurting when it comes to consequences for our actions. Ever have people in your family that are messing up big time and then you notice that, you know, uh, I want to help them. I want to do something for them. I could help them so quickly. All I have to do is help them, and I can do it. And, and you 
have to make the decision that I'm not going to help them because by helping them, I'm not helping them. Love hurts because we want to help, right? Nobody wants to see anyone suffer. Maybe you see a loved one, uh, a friend, who's making bad choices, making choices contrary to what God would have them make, and they've fallen into the trap of justifying for their actions, and you have to speak the truth to them in love, but sometimes that doesn't go well. And the, the truth of the matter is, this business, uh, I don't know if I've said this before, but love hurts sometimes. See, what happens is when you and I find ourselves in that place, we have people who sometimes uh, uh, get angry. They find themselves hurtful. Sometimes they are bitter and they're non-forgiving. I've, I've had my own dad say to me no before. Can you believe that? You would think he would have said yes to everything I ever asked. But he, he said no to me before, and I was really upset about that. Why would he do that to me? I'm a good kid. Larry knows I'm a good kid. And, and we find ourselves in that place, and we go, you know, I'm really angry with him because he's doing something that's different than what I want him to do. And sometimes he, he would say something that I know he didn't make up. But he'd say, son, this is going to hurt me more than it hurt. Anybody ever heard, hear that? Did you ever hear that before? It wasn't true. <laughs> you see, sometimes that love hurts like that because we're, we're trying to make the people better. We're trying to grow into the likeness of Christ. So let me ask you something. Do you think God acts that way towards us sometimes? Do you think God sometimes lets us go through different things in our lives, sometimes painful, sometimes hurtful things, not for the purpose of punishing us, but for the purpose of teaching us how to grow in his likeness? He does these things. He allows these things because, I don't know about you, but uh, I've had peaches. I've had people say, uh, I've had my dad say, you can learn this the easy way or you can learn it the hard way. And sometimes, you know which way I chose? You know. The hard way, right? Even though you were foretold, you were forewarned, and you knew that what was going to happen, and they go, okay, go ahead. And I think God operates this way. I think sometimes God operates this way in our lives. Jesus talks about this as pruning. And most of us know this word pruning as another word. It's called discipline. And so we think about discipline, and Jesus calls it the pruning of uh, the branches, right? The pruning of the branches. Now look at a verse that we read last week. It came in John 15 too. Here's what it says. 
He cut off every branch in me that bears no fruit, while every branch that does bear fruit he prunes, so that it will be even more fruitful. Pruning is defined as being cut back, cut off parts, to cut off parts of something. And it's for the purpose of making something in better shape and more fruitful as it grows. And Jesus said it right when he says, God prunes his people. I don't know. I don't like that whole idea. Because sometimes, don't you think, did, tell the truth. Didn't you think when God was pruning us, that really what he was doing was punishing us, right? We think that sometimes, and when reality, God says, this has nothing to do with punishment. We have to cut away this stuff that's hindering you from producing the fruit God has for you to produce. There's so much more I want for you, and God knows this, he says this, because God is involved in our everyday lives, pruning is going to happen. And it doesn't mean it's because you're a bad person. It doesn't mean because you're doing things wrong. It means that God is working on you to grow more into his image. The truth of the matter is what I told you this morning already, there are many Christians that don't know that. They don't realize that pruning equals discipline. Often they think pruning equals punishment, and it's not set up that way. See, why would God allow the... God is God. If somebody is suffering, couldn't they just be pulled out of that right away? God could fix it right away. So why doesn't he? Because there's something to learn in the trial. In the challenge, here's a point in your notes this morning. God's pruning comes in two forms of training and or correction. He prunes us by training or sometimes training and correcting us. It's always in training, but sometimes correction comes along with that. Having said that, We've been looking at this passage in John 15, 2, but I want to bring us to another passage now. It comes to us in Hebrews 12, verses 5 through 11. Listen to what it says, because this is really talking about God's pruning in our lives. You have completely forgotten this word of encouragement that addresses you as the father addresses his son. The word in quotations that we're going to read next up on the screen are words from the book of Proverbs chapter 3. So here's, he's saying, listen to this. This is from Proverbs chapter 3. My son, do not make light of the Lord's discipline and do not lose heart when he rebukes you because the Lord's discipline, the one he loves, he disciplines the one he loves. And he chastens everyone he accepts as his son. And then he goes on to say this. Endure hardships as discipline. 
God is treating you as his children. For what child are not disciplined by their father? If you are not disciplined and ever and everyone undergoes discipline, then you are not legitimate, not true sons and daughters at all. Verse 9. Moreover, we have all had human fathers who disciplined us and we respect them for it. How much more should we submit to the Father of the spirits and live and live? They discipline us for a little while as they thought best. But God disciplines us for our good in order that we may share in his holiness. Verse 11. No discipline seems pleasant at the time. We all know that, but painful. Later on, however, it produces a harvest of righteousness and peace for those who have been trained by it. Let's spend a few minutes this morning talking about this because um, we shouldn't make light of the Lord's discipline. Because it's easy to lose heart. It's easy to feel defeated. It's easy to feel discouraged. And God doesn't want that for us. Because his discipline is done out of love. When our fathers disciplined us as kids, they did the best that they thought that they could. But the difference about God's discipline is that his discipline is always perfect, that it's always right. See, no discipline is pleasing at the time, but painful. That's what he said in his word right there. He says, however, it produces a harvest of righteousness and peace for those who have been trained by it. It produces a harvest of righteousness and peace. Don't we just want to have a life that's peaceful? I mean, that's just peaceful. Wouldn't you like that? I love days like that. How many have days like that? Do you have days like that? I, I, I have them once in a while, and I like those. Those are good. See, can you imagine ever saying to your children, you know, you are so good. Could you imagine Penny being a child and, and your parents saying, Penny, you're so good, we're never going to discipline you ever again. Penny says, they did say that. No. The truth is that they would never say that. Some of you who are watching, maybe, you're adults and your parents still discipline you, right? Because you need discipline. We said in the Bible here, we said that God disciplines us in two ways. And so let's look at this. I put a little chart. I made a little chart for this, I think. Uh, it should be right there, yeah. Uh, and and it, on one end is training, and on the other end is correction. So we can, we can actually try to stay away from the correction part if we spend more time in the training part because then we won't find ourselves in a place where we need correction as often. 2 Timothy 3.16 says this. It's about God's word. 
and it is the source of training. Here's what it says. All scripture is God-breathed and is useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and what is that word? Training in righteousness. Now that word training is an original, in the original Greek, is the same word that's used in Hebrews that we just read five times. It's the same word that they used then. And he says, training in righteousness, training in discipline. It's something that you have to train for. I have a, we have a neighbor lady who every day, about the same time, she comes outside and she starts grab, I can't even do it. She starts grabbing her ankles and pulling them up and doing that kind of thing. And she's ready, she's stretching out. And, and so I joke around with her and I says, are you getting ready to run? And she says, yeah, I'm getting ready to run. You wanna go with me? And I says, well, sure. What, how far are you running? She says, well, I'm training for a Iron Woman competition. So I'm running 12 miles today. And I says, sure, I'll go with you. Let me get the car and I'll drive alongside of you. And, and she's, she rides this bike and she does all of that. But the point of that is, the only reason that she's able to do this is because she trains. She trains all the time. Now, what would happen to her if she decided not to train, or let's just say she's me, and I just say, I'm going to be in an Ironman competition, but I'm not going to do any training. I'm just going to go show up. Well, it's going to be a short race because I'll make it about a block and I'm done. But it, it, see, training is this thing that helps us to build endurance, to get stronger, to be able to do what our goals are, to be able to get out in front of everything. See, we have to be uh, people who are disciplined in our training so that we don't have to be disciplined by correction. Does this make any sense? I hope it makes sense. Uh, uh, Tom Landry, you ever hear of Tom Landry? Old football coach of the Dallas Cowboys, we won't hold that against him, but he, he says this, the job of a football coach is to make men do what they don't wanna do in order to achieve what they've always wanted to be. I think God says that. I think that's a God philosophy. Because sometimes God wants us to do things we don't want to do in order to be able to be who he wants us to be. Well, some of you who are watching or hearing this today, um, uh, by the way, we want to welcome those who are listening on podcast at uh, at Spirit. Um, uh, Spotify is one of the one of the stations there. So thanks for listening today. Um, maybe you're hearing this and you're saying, "Well, since when?" I mean, I talk to Audrey sometimes, and she says, "I always want to do what God wants me to do." And I go, "Really? I got to hang around you more, Audrey, because I don't. I'm not always like that. I'm not like that all the time." Well, since when? 
Can you prove that? Can you say, can you say that, that you always want to do what God wants you to do? How about being consistent in your obedience, in your behavior? How about reading the word every day and becoming men and women of the word? How's that for everybody? How does that, the people that are watching from home, they don't have to slouch down in their chairs because they know I can't see them. Uh, how about praying on a daily basis more than uh, over the lips and through the gums? Look out, stomach, here it comes. Thank you for this food. How about hanging out with other Christians that you don't like because you know that you're going to be hanging out with them for eternity, so you better get to like them now while you're here? How about forgiving those who persecute you? I have a hard time with that. Don't you? I have a hard time with that. How about loving one another? That's something that we're told to do, that we're commanded to do, that God wants us to be disciplined to do. And, that you know, I'm really good at that when people are loving, but there are some people that are hard to love sometimes. See, spiritual disciplines come, and, and, and I say things like this all the time, Talk about, are you reading your Bible on a daily basis? Are you praying on a daily basis? I'm bugging you because God wants us to do that. He wants us to be people who are studying his word. He wants us to train so that we can respond to the things of God. That's just a small list, but you can come up with a list on your own. Now, I wrote something down that's a little harsh, but I think I'll say it. Um, why do we have um, sometimes Christ followers who are not doing any of these things? And the answer is, is because the person that's standing here, not in this place, but in other places, don't want to rock the boat. They want everyone to be just happy and happy with them. And I don't want to say anything that's going to condemn anybody or make anybody feel bad. But you know, uh, I have to tell you that we're not here to make you feel good. We're here to make us grow in the knowledge of who God is. So we have to be people willing to do that and willing to hear that. And we can't be about uh, church light, the light church, just saying a little bit of things. Look at what it says in 1 Corinthians 11, 30 through 32. That's why many among you are weak and sick. And a number of you have fallen asleep fallen asleep when you read that in the Bible that's they, they've died right but if we were more discerning with regards to ourselves we would not come under such judgment nevertheless when we are judged in this way by the Lord we are being disciplined so that we will not be finally condemned with the world now, some people believe that they read that and they think that they could lose their salvation. This is not talking about losing your salvation, 
by sinning. It's talking about how we can find ourselves in a place where we need correction because we reap what we sow and we make bad choices, bad things happen. And so what he's talking about here is that God disciplines us not to punish us, but because he loves us. Galatians 6, 9 says this, let us not become weary in doing good. For at the present or at the proper time, we will reap a harvest if we don't give up. That's why parents use discipline with their children. That's why it happens in the workplace sometimes that there's discipline there. Sometimes it happens in personal relationships and God uses it as well. There's a story I just read the other day and it was about this uh, family that lived by a train tracks and they had a 18 year old little girl and one day the 18 year old little girl got out of the house and played on the train tracks was playing on the train tracks well here comes this train and the train can't stop trains blowing the horn I mean he's blowing it away they're trying to get someone's attention can't do it the 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 conductor the controller there gets down on the outside of the train, gets in the front of the train while the train is moving, and right at the time when they reach this little girl on the train, they're trying to stop, and this conductor kicks the girl in the pants, the girl falls off the train tracks, train stops, the little girl's okay. Conductor comes running over, and the girl is crying her head off. And, and she's just in tears. The, that conductor picked up the, the baby, the little girl, and held her. And the paramedics got there and all this happened. And you know what happened? Uh, they tried to take the baby away from this guy. And she wouldn't let go. She held on to him so tightly. I, I think about that story and I'm thinking about here comes the train and sometimes we find ourselves on the track and God gives us this kick in the pants and then he picks us up in his arms because he loves us. Here's the second point in your notes. God's pruning is not punishment. Uh, discipline means teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training. Revelations 3.19 says this, those who I love, I rebuke and discipline. So be earnest and repent. Repenting means turn yourself around. There was this minister, uh, his name was Scott Pixler. Scott Pixler, he, he told this story, and it, it stuck with me the rest of my life. He told this story about repenting. He was, in, he was in Europe, and he's driving down the road, and all of a sudden, I guess, the traffic becomes a one-way street coming his way. He says, that was my lesson in repentance. 
I'm going and I'm going to get hurt, I have to turn around really quickly and go the other way because I'm going the wrong way. And sometimes we're going the wrong way and God says, just look, I'm teaching you this and there's correction involved, but repent and keep going because this, this business that you're in, I'm not here to, to slap you down. I'm here to lift you up. 2 Thessalonians 1.9 says this. It's talking about those who do not believe in God. And there's going to be some that won't believe in God for the rest of their life. Even if they know the truth, they won't at the end. 2 Thessalonians 1.9. They, those who reject God, will be punished with everlasting destruction and shut out from the presence of the Lord from the glory of his might. Look at what Jesus says in Matthew 25, 46. Then they, this is again those who reject God, will go away to eternal punishment, but the righteous to eternal life. Punishment is something that you have to pay back a penalty. And here's the good news for Christ followers. None of us ever are punished by God. Can you believe that? We're not punished by God. Do you know why we're not punished by God? Because of Jesus. Jesus died on the cross for our sins. And he paid the price for our sins. Does God discipline us? Does God correct us? Yes, he does. But don't get in that mode. Don't be like other people that say things like, God's going to get you for that. Because that's not God's way. He loves his children. And even in his correction, it's for the purpose of restoration. Punishment is for the purpose of paying back somebody here's the third thing God loves you and you need to expect pruning it's a part of life God is going to cut away the impurities in all of our lives and he's going to make us stronger and he's going to help us to grow fruit more fruit I say that as something fruit is, is not like apples and pears and grapefruit. I don't, I don't call grapefruit a fruit. But you know what I'm saying, right? But he's talking about spiritual fruit. He's talking about growing spiritual fruit in our lives. Now, does that mean that everything that happens to you, everything bad that happens is because of God's correcting you? What do you think? No. No, everybody say no. No. It, it, it's, it's not because God is correcting us. He takes these things. We live in a fallen world. There are things going on around us that I never thought I'd ever see in my life. And I'm sure there's going to be stuff that, that these young girls 
that are here, uh, when they're older, they're going to go, I never thought I'd see this in my life. And, and that's just going to be the way it is because we live in this world that's fallen. And listen, there's natural consequences to mistakes. You do something wrong, there's a cost to be paid for that. But listen, God's pruning is different. It's not for punishment. It's for bringing us back to him. John 16, 33 says this, I have told you these things so that in me you may have peace. In this world you will have, what's that word? Trouble. But take heart, I have overcome the world. 1 Corinthians eleven thirty through 32. That is why many among us are weak and sick and a number have fallen asleep. But here's the part that I want you to get. But if we were more discerning with regards to ourselves, we would not come under such judgment. So when I'm discerning, when I'm being trained, here's what I need to do. I need to not be a person that says, I got to tell Don this because Don's uh, messing up. I got to say, I have to search myself and look at myself. You see, if I'm looking at my own self and I'm training myself, I don't have time to look at anybody else. I have to stick on my own thing because let me tell you something. Uh, you might find this hard to believe. I'm not perfect. I'm not perfect. I mess up. I need training. And sometimes I need correction. We have to take an inventory of ourselves. And there are three types of inventory as we start winding down here. Three types of inventory, uh, behavior, trust, and love. Those are the three categories, three areas. Uh, Romans 14.23 says this, but whoever has doubt is condemned if they eat because their eating is not from faith. And then it says this, the part I want you to key in on. Everything that does not come from faith is sin. So if everything that is not from faith is sin, if I'm walking around and I'm thinking about that, I, I follow and I, and I worship the unholy trinity, uh, me, myself, and I, if I worship that, then consequences are coming. Challenges are coming. But now, if I take an inventory of myself and I ask myself, how's my behavior? How am I acting? Am I acting the way I would if Jesus was in the room with me? Uh, how's my trust? Am I freaking out all the time? Am I worried all the time? Am I getting discouraged? Am I battling all the time? Uh, and, and I'm trying to make something happen, or am I trusting God? Because he wants you to put your trust in him. Galatians 5, 6. 
For in Christ Jesus, neither circumcised nor uncircumcised has any value. The only thing that counts is faith expressing itself through love. Love is the most important thing out of the three. First uh, Corinthians thirteen thirteen, and now there are three remains: faith, love, faith, hope, and love. But the greatest of these is love. Matthew twenty two verses thirty seven and forty. Here's what Jesus says. He's asked, "What's the greatest commandment?" Jesus replies, "Love the Lord your God with all of your heart, with all of your soul, and all of your mind." This is the first and greatest commandment. And then the second is like it. Love your neighbor as yourself. All the laws and the prophets hang on these two commands. If you get that right, if you get the love part right, everything else falls into place. But can I tell you something? I don't always get the love part right. take a drink now for that you don't know this but um, in the business world um, I was brought up in the business world to be um, I'm not loving you I'm, I'm, I'm a sales guy I'm, or I'm in charge of the sales guy. And our job is to sell you something. And I'm not the, there to build friendships. I'm not there to do that. And I was pretty, uh, I don't like to say it, but I was a little ruthless in business. In fact, I wasn't very patient when it came to this. See, my Bible, I read that, and it says love is patience. Love is patient. And then I think about it, and I go, you know, I'm not very patient. I'm going to have to be trained on that, because if I'm not trained on that, you know what's going to happen? God's going to have to correct me in this. Love is kind. And I have to tell you that I'm a kind person, and I'm a loving person, but if we're ever out somewhere and somebody's disrespecting you, something comes over me. And I'm not very nice. Some of you have seen that, you know, and, and, and it's just something that happens. It's, it's just something that comes over me because I think that everybody should be treated with respect. And if you're not being treated with respect, well, then you got me to answer for it, darn it. See, sometimes we have to take inventory of ourselves, but if we're going to do that, for goodness sakes, we need to be perfectly honest with ourselves because lying to ourselves really gets us nowhere. Friends, in this message this morning, We've been talking about the pruning, and, and pruning is from God. And he's doing it for all of us. He's, he's going to, he's going to, it, it's going to hurt you more than him. 
but it's for the purpose of growing stronger, becoming more in his likeness. Maybe you're watching from home today. Maybe you've never asked Jesus to be the Lord of your life. Friends, here's the thing, that to be, uh, for those in Christ, to be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. And for those of you who are not in Christ, to be absent from the body is to be present in hell. Absent of God for eternity. This is not a scare tactic. This is a God loves you. And it's not his will for one person to perish. So will you accept him today? Will you ask him to come into your life? I want to invite everyone to pray with me. And as we pray, repeat after me the words of faith that you've all made already. And for those of you who are watching, if you've never accepted Christ as your Lord and Savior, uh, please pray this with all of your heart and he will come in. Let's pray. Dear Lord Jesus, come into my life. Forgive me of my sins. I repent of my sins. I accept you now as my personal Lord and Savior. In Jesus' name, amen.